Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Who Dat Dish podcast. It has been quite the minute since we've been recording on this podcast. Uh, we thank you so much for joining today. We are part of Fansided, bringing you everything surrounding the New Orleans Saints, 24-7, 365. We're part of whodatdish.com. Be sure to check them out. If you're not living there, you should be. Uh, it's been about I, I, about two months since we've recorded the last episode, so we've missed you guys, but not a whole lot has been going on uh, with the Saints regarding their actual off-season training, but training camp has opened, and that's why we're here. We have very special guests here uh, today with us as well for this episode. There should be another episode already uploaded on Spreaker and iTunes, so be sure to check that out. Uh, and as always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. What's up, guys? Hopefully you missed us, just like we missed you. I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond. Finn Lizzie, the boys are back in town. We are back, guys. We're so excited to bring you guys some more awesome Saints-themed episodes for you. So, and like Dayton said, we're here, but we're not alone, you know. Uh, he's probably like our longest-running guest. He's our arguably the best guest we've ever had here. You know, he's knowledgeable. <laughs> he's a crazy fan. He's super passionate. Everybody, give it up for Saints fan Charlie. Whoop! <laughs> Glad you're back, man. Yeah, man. It's awesome. It's been a while. What was the last time was... Uh... I think the last time I was on was probably pre-draft, I think, like right before the draft. It was March 6th was the last time you were on the show. Wow. Almost five months ago. It's it's, it's been crazy. Yeah, man. But not not a whole lot has been going on. How have you been, though? Great, man. Um, Living the dream, you know, summertime, uh, starting to wind down now. Football season starting to kick back up for us fans. I know these dudes – have been at it, you know, since what April, and yeah. we're just kind of getting getting our getting our feet wet, looking at what's going on over the summer. Uh, and it's awesome, man. It's like you, you know, you guys. I don't know if you guys uh, get this, but you know, <clears throat> like I grew up playing football. Like I played football for ten years, and wow. usually around this time of year, you know, when you get up early. You go outside, and you can kind of the grass just smells a little different. You know, oh, yeah. it's like you can <laughs> smell. You can sure. smell football coming back, and you can – I don't know. I, I'm in that mood right now where I'm mm. almost like last miles chewing on grass when I go outside. There you go. The Mad Hatter effect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Summertime, absolutely my favorite season. I don't know about you guys. Um, but oh, love it, man. It definitely is great when it transitions into fall because, of course, that means football. Of course, that means Saints football. And, Charlie, by the way, for those of you that don't know, Charlie does live up near the Washington, D.C. area. And we want to congratulate you and the Washington Capitals for the uh, Stanley Cup trophy uh, that you guys recently won. Um, yeah, man. That big- was so awesome. That was awesome. I mean, I'm stubborn. You know, diehard Saints fan, but I've been a diehard Caps fan. Um you know, basically my entire life, and uh, that was really that was really cool to be a part of. I was actually uh, in D.C. the night that we sealed the deal. Uh, the game was in Vegas, but I was I was in D.C. at the you know the monstrous watch party. My brother was actually in Vegas and at the game, and it, it was just Dang. I mean that's really cool. I mean I wasn't up there uh, me personally with the Saints winning the Super Bowl, but <laughs> um, it's up there. I mean that's you know your favorite team is winning a championship. They broke the Nothing curse. Broke the DC curse, and then uh, my my assumption is that they'll be the, the only DC team to really do anything. Yeah, for a while. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Uh, Tyler, how have you been, man? How is uh, uh, up there in New York, dude? It's been great over here. The weather's been nice for the most part. Actually, this week has sort of been actually a little crappy, considering like it's been raining a ton. But I'm good. I'm super happy. You know, all all over the Twitter feed. So it's been uh, Saints this, Saints that, you know, I'm loving it. 
you know, and like uh, Charlie said, I'm in the mood, you know, I, I just like, like, I, I can't wait for games to start. Like, I keep on almost annoying everybody at my work, everybody around my house. Like, I can't wait for Saints football, you know, and, you know, just like uh, I know Charlie's probably going to mention it, but I'm going to mention it, too. We're both going to see uh, uh, Saints games. So this year. So yes. we're super excited. Both of you, know, you mentioned you which been, game, both of you mentioned which games you're going to real quick. Redskins. It's funny. I'm the I'm the uh, you know the one that lives out here. I should be going to the Skins game. We we were going to man like it was it was the Skins game or the Rams game, and it just like logistics wise, it the Skins game was just not gonna wasn't gonna work out for us. So we're going to the uh, <clears throat> going to the Rams games, meeting up actually down there with a couple buddies of mine who I hey, met through Twitter. Um, met through Twitter. Yeah, like two of my you know good good Saints Twitter buddies. Uh, we're all gonna try to converge on. New Orleans and, and watch a game. I'm also the the Saints are out here in uh, Baltimore this year. I think yep. early October they play the Ravens, and that's you know I'm I'm like right in the middle between DC and uh, Baltimore. Baltimore is definitely an easier drive, and it's a way easier game to get to and from as opposed to Redskin games. Redskin games are just nightmares. So I'm really looking forward to going to that game. Um, and also in part because. Uh, a little bit of trivia. You guys probably know the one team that Drew Brees hasn't beaten is, is the Ravens. 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 Yep, yep. That would be super cool, man. You know, How random. Be. What a random team. Well, to- it'd be cool is like, yeah, it is It is random. But well, think about it, though, dude. Like, those defenses were yeah. ridiculous. And, and Baltimore is yeah. not an easy place to play. I'm glad we get them, you know, relatively early in the season because it gets kind of cold. The wind blows in off the harbor. And it yeah. can get nasty down there, man. I mean. For sure. So that you know, that'd be cool. Plus, hey, if Breeze lights it up while Ingram's out, he might break that record that game. <laughs> Dude, that'd be <laughs> that'd dope. Be, that'd be awesome to witness. I hope he breaks it my game. If the Saints are up by enough, Joe Flacco will probably be benched, and you could see Lamar Jackson in action a little bit. Who that'd knows? be cool. If, if the Saints end up yeah. whooping some butt in that game, let's, who, which let's root for that. They possibly could. <laughs> um, I'd see if doing... I can get uh, Willie Sneed. I'll just yell at him Ooh. from the sidelines. I always forget yeah. Sneed is no on more them need now. Sneed. No more need for Sneed. No more need for No Sneed. more need. Oh, man. Poor guy. Um, but I've been doing all right. Thanks for asking. Tyler's been really, sure. really hot up here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, finally got an uh, an AC, and my life has been just exponentially better since then. So uh, hey, there you go. ready to rock and roll on this podcast. Let's jump into it. First of all, of course, we got to talk about com. Guys, be sure to go check out all the great articles that are posting there. I'll be having a couple more player profiles up uh, within the next few days, covering both Taysom Hill and Arthur Mollett, who had a very interesting collision uh, in practice. Uh, <laughs> I think it was it was either yesterday or the day before. Um, but yeah. yeah, special teams play Taysom Hill lights up Mollett. Of course, Mollett had uh, like you know the padding that they use. Luckily, uh, when, when they're doing exactly, I was going to say Taysom Hill would have would have really blew his helmet off if uh, he didn't have that pad there. So, uh, But I'll be doing pro- player profiles on both those guys. But Rory Anderson has you covered with some takeaways from the first few days of training camp. Be sure to check that out, whodatdish.com. If you're not living there, you should be. Let's jump into the first topic of the episode. Of course, we're going to be talking about the first week of training camp, how it all transpired, how it went down. The Saints started it um, on July 25th, five days ago. So, uh, And I believe tomorrow is going to be their first day off. Um, since training camp has begun, uh, and they've earned it. Pretty much all of the, um, I guess, what we've been hearing come out of camp is a lot, a lot of good news uh, for the Saints. And usually that happens every year, right? Uh, A lot of the writers will uh, be just excited to 
be watching the Saints in training camp doing their thing, and uh, really any play is going to be a, a great sight for sore eyes, especially for us. We love watching those videos on Twitter. Wish we could be at camp. Of course, I'm sure you guys are on the same boat, man. If we could be at camp right now yeah, watching right. those guys live, that'd be just absolutely fantastic. But Twitter videos uh, are also great to see, and we thank those insiders for you know tweeting those out for us for our viewing pleasures. Uh, but like I said, a lot of good news coming out already, a lot of young studs. Uh, already impressing us, uh, including Traquan Smith. I'm sure we'll get to talk about him. Boston Scott's going to be looking to step yeah. up. We, of course, have Marcus Davenport, the first-round pick. A lot been going on. Drew Brees, quite possibly his last training camp with the Saints. He is uh, does have another year left on his contract after this season, but you never know. Uh, he is 39 years old, going to be 40 soon. So um, it, just a lot of stuff to look out for. Preseason is at, coming up really, really quickly. The Hall of Fame game. Is in three days. I'm super excited wow. for that because it's football. Uh, and then a week after that, the Saints kick off against the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, in preseason week number one. So everything's going to be creeping up on us, but it's very exciting because we've waited long enough for this. So I'm going to start with Charlie. Uh, we'll just do a roundtable and just have a great discussion about um, training camp, guys. First off, who has surprisingly impressed you the most at camp thus far? I have a feeling I know who you're going to say, but uh, but go <laughs> ahead. go ahead. I'm curious here, too. Well, it's kind of... I, you know, like you were saying, we're we're just getting the uh, the recaps from the beat writers and the local guys who are down there, and the videos. Um, but recently, obviously, uh, Traquan Smith has really come on. It seems it seems each day with camp, you you see and hear about him a little bit more each day, which is you know definitely a good thing. You want to see these young guys. Uh, come in and, and improve every single day because when the season, you know, when the regular season starts, it's you know it's a whirlwind. It, you don't have time to go back and and relearn the playbook and all that kind of stuff and the nuances. You have to be ready to go fairly early on in the season and to see his progression go. It really makes me feel good about that number four receiver spot. I mean, I think the top four, you know, with him could be could be solidified by you know week one. Um, and on defensive side, you know, like I'll say one guy that I'm, I'm seeing a lot of good stuff out of. I don't think a lot of people are like getting on the hype is it seems like every day Marcus Williams is involved in something. It's like a crazy pick or he's blind. He's knocking passes down and, and like that, that makes me feel so good. Like, because you just, yeah, because you know, he was a rookie when that happened last year and like that can Dude, that can make or break you, man, especially as a, a DB where, like, yeah, you need to be very athletic, obviously, but you have to have, you know, you have to be very smart, but you really got to have a ridiculous amount of confidence to play back there. And, like, having that kind of play be nationally televised, it's in your face all the time, man, that could really break you. And it seems to me, at least, that he's definitely put that to bed, and his, like you said, revenge tour is, like, in full effect, and I love what I'm seeing and reading and hearing about about with Marcus Williams. Yeah, his his pass breakups sure. uh, in camp so far are just really impressive. Today, actually, uh, during seven on seven drills, the defense smacked around the offense uh, really bad. A lot of a lot of beat reporters were just going, "This is this is some of the best defensive performance on a seven on seven drill I've seen in my entire life." So that's that's somewhat promising, obviously. Uh, it, it's not good to hear that the offense is struggling, but when we have a defense who our rotational players on the defense are going to be getting more regular season snaps than our rotational guys on the offensive side. 
Uh, it, it's it's actually really good news to, to hear that coming out of camp. And yeah, for, for Marcus Williams, I played defensive back in high school, played hundreds of snaps, but the only ones I actually remember clearly in my head are the ones where I messed up and let up a touchdown. Uh, it's just absolutely scarring. And on a level like that, uh, yeah, props to, to Marcus Williams for bouncing back so quickly because he is just looking absolutely impressive. And that's what you got to do as an athlete, uh, especially at the professional level, but it's a lot easier said than done. So yeah, props to him. Uh, what about you, Tyler? What, what what you thinking? Who 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 is impressing you the most? Surprisingly, dude. Like I think everybody's impressing me. That's the funny part. And I was like, <laughs> I always say, I think going to, yeah, right, no, except for him. Um, I think going into it, you know, I I think we all have sort of like uh, a bar we set for players or you know, what we expect. But man, some of these people are just going in. Like, it's funny. There are so many players. I'm trying to remember them all. I should have wrote them down. Let's see. So on offense, we've got Dan Arnold, uh, the uh, tight end, who was a wide receiver. I've heard some good things about him. I've heard uh, Boston Scott, who's been, like, juking people out, been running a million miles an hour, it seems like, just like he's a beast all over the field. And it seems like uh, right now, like, the main talk of everything is that uh, from uh, Train Camp alone, you know, the preseason everything, that Boston Scott and Traquan Smith are – the two like stars on this offense round, they are blowing things out of proportion for the Saints round. So hopefully everything goes well. They stay healthy. Like I can't wait to see that. Well, Tommy Lee Lewis. If you take away everything uh, regarding like the punts and anything special teams, just on what he's been doing on offense, he's been doing really well. Better I think than what he did last year. Like he's really making a case for himself, and I think that's really going to help him. Uh, like at the very end of uh, the uh, the wide receiver, uh, you know, the fight. Because you've got Coleman, you've got uh, Austin Carr, you've got all those people there. He's really making a name for himself. I'm happy about that. Defense, um, uh, let's see, who? It, it, there's a lot of people on defense, too. We've been hearing some good things about Davenport. You know, how a couple times he's been going against uh, Toronto Armstead. He's actually been getting... Him a few times, that's pretty good. I've been hearing a lot of great things about Sheldon Rankins, uh, Oniyamata, David Oniyamata, um, and a lot of good things out of uh, the uh, like the linebacker uh, corps too. Like you've got Alex Anzalone; he's been doing a ton of things. You know, he's been picking off Jubries, TJ Bear or JT Bear, all those people. You've got uh, uh, what's his name, Demario Davis too. Just so many great names, man. I'm so excited for when it comes around. Like everybody. So far, I'm just, like, uh, checking off the box. Like, impressing me. Yup, there's another one. Yup. Like, I- I'm loving it, man. I'm, I'm yeah. super giddy with excitement for this team going forward. And luckily, you know? luckily, knock on wood, so far we haven't had any major injuries occur to Just to, Travin to Durrell. Saints. Other than Travin Durrell, right, 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 who yeah. uh, went down, I think, earlier today. Broke his um, arm. Unfortunate um, to see, because he, he, he's been riding the... Uh, I guess outside squad with us. I, I like to call it outside of fifty three man roster when you keep doing um, training camp, mm. team practice squad. And he's he, since last year he's been uh, he's been with the team. So uh, yeah, very sad to see him go. Hopefully his season isn't completely over. Uh, his chance of making the roster weren't too high either way. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But other than that, uh, we've we've been really fortunate. The only bad luck we really had was with the punt returners. Apparently, uh, <laughs> Sean Payton is calling uh, calling the situation like it's like the, the like like it's the Bachelor. There's twelve roses, twelve <laughs> guys. They gotta they gotta eventually find one. We've heard of Kamara, we've heard of Ginn, we've heard of Boston Scott, uh, we've heard of so many guys. Tommy Lee Lewis was also one of them. Uh, returning punts for the team, Josh Huff, uh, guys who may not even weren't even going to be considered to make the team outside of any sort of a 
you know, random special teams appearance and punt returner might end up being that random special teams appearance for somebody like Josh Huff. So um, other than that, yeah, it's been great news coming out. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Alex Anzalone because I've been thoroughly impressed with him. He's had a couple nice interceptions, as has Craig Robertson. And the interception and earlier today and- was more so JT Barrett um, just taking a, taking a really long time to throw it. But Robertson, veteran linebacker for us, always making plays. Speaking of linebackers, let me just jump into it then because it's pretty interesting to me. Um, it seems like the starting linebacker core is either going to be Klein, Teo Davis, or Anzalone, Teo Davis. It seems like they really like Manti Teo in the middle. Uh, and I, I, Demario Davis on the strong side, I believe them in playing him, and then uh, uh, Klein or Anzalone on the weak. Uh, I, I, I first of all, I love the tenacity both Teo and Davis bring. Uh, the veteran leadership mm-hmm. provided by Klein is nice as well, but he kind of disappointed me and a lot of other Saints fans a season ago. Uh, we were expecting more out of him, and I do like Anzalone's athleticism, and he really impressed a lot of people in the first four games uh, with the Saints mm-hmm. before he went down with injury. Uh, a season ago so i'd love to see anzalone end up starting there what are you guys thinking about the the linebacker core because it could arguably be one of the somewhat weaker spots on the saints uh, uh team especially when you compare it to the rest of how stacked the defense is now uh you guys liking uh who we've been playing there you guys uh, feel comfortable with this um linebacker core here you could take it charlie it's all you man oh okay yeah i mean i like it actually i actually don't see the linebacking core as a as a weak spot on the defense, I think. I agree. It's, I think it because of the depth. I think it's it might be depth. Well, I mean that's our deepest position on defense. I like our our starters in the secondary, but as far as depth, I think there's quite a few guys in our linebacking core that could start. You know, on on the defense. I think you know, obviously it's super early in camp, and we did the same thing last summer too, where like every day there was a different you know, set of guys lining up in base and then a different set of guys lining up in nickel. And then the next day, the whole thing rotated and it. And what they're trying to do is just they're really trying to get the right combo down. And if I had a hunch, my hunch would be the base linebackers are, are going to be Demario Davis starting at middle linebacker at Mike, Alex Anzalone starting at will the weak side linebacker, and then Klein starting at the strong backer. Cause Anzalone is so athletic, man. I mean, he's, he's, he, he that dude can cover ground, and him and Demario Davis, my guess would be the nickel guys. Um, you know, and then and then that's with Craig Robertson, who's always finds a way to beat someone out. <laughs> like yeah. his yeah. first season here, mm-hmm. he ended up starting at middle linebacker and led the league in ta- or led the team in tackles. And then last Crazy. year, he he ended up. Before Anzalone got hurt, he would come in for Anzalone when he was messing up and would play the weak side linebacker. So that that's kind of how I see it going. I, I think Teo is a great base middle linebacker. And, and last year, I mean, he really stepped it up. Yeah. But I don't know. It's going to be a dogfight. And honestly, that's what you want to see. You want to see it be a dogfight. And that'll really, you know, the, the cream of the crop will really rise because when you're in, you know, when you're in that kind of a battle well, all summer long. I mean, we still got like a month left of this stuff or a little bit over a month left of it. And, and it's it's definitely going to be a battle. But, I mean, tomorrow Davis wasn't brought here to be just a nickelback. I mean, he's he's going to start. And my guess is he will start at the mic. That's my guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And training camp definitely brings out the best in players. And, yeah, I I, I wouldn't mind having Teo um, 
even be a starting middle if if uh, the the team feels more comfortable with Davis on the strong side. But I have a feeling Davis is our best all around linebacker. Obviously, hasn't played in our system yet. Uh, but uh, watching his film with the Jets, seeing how he can fit into the system, I think he's the best all-around linebacker, and, and you, you usually put that best all-around linebacker right in the middle so he can command everything, and I think that he'll have the leadership voice there. So I'm with you. I really I really hope Davis is there in the middle. What do you think of Tyler? Uh, man, it's like before I even get into like what I think about the linebackers like specifically, in general, can we just say like how – much everything has changed from so many years ago not even so many years ago but like from a few years ago you know how we'd struggle on defense and things didn't exactly go our way it was always a jewelry show throwing a billion yards billion uh touchdowns just to keep things interesting like now you're seeing uh reports of like demario davis is the most athletically gifted linebacker i've seen since jonathan vilma or this mentality these linebackers are uh, helping everybody uh get into the same mindset of uh, they need to produce this many turnovers per per drill or per um per day, you know. And you're seeing so many things now where even in general, it's like these. Even if it's not the linebackers, it's just everything's being reinforced. For example, um, where they have to keep finishing, you know. And I, I'll see things on Twitter now too, where you'll have players that like Demario Davis, for example, he'll actually come in and like you know he'll be guarding somebody, he'll get his arm in there, and you know. Uh, make an incompletion just these crazy things now things we typically normally wouldn't expect from this kind of defense we've just been evolving changing so quickly like i'm loving it like this defense is going to help us go so far if we stay healthy going into the season but going into specific so i'm loving everybody that we have i i agree with charlie i think we're probably going to go either Klein, uh, Davis, Anzalone, Teo, uh, Teo would probably be really nice if we threw him in there. Sometimes, you know, if these guys get tired or whatever. But um, I'm just loving it, man. I think uh, I don't think it's really a weakness anymore. I wouldn't say like we're best linebacking uh, corps ever, but it's getting up there. I like it. You know, I'm really, I still don't think, I'm really hopeful I, I for it. I think um, we like as what's crazy about our division is like. How much we've improved at the linebacker position, I yeah. still think we're probably number four at that position mm-hmm. in the in the in the division. Crazy. Yeah, Atlanta's really good. Carolina's really good. Bucks uh, literally. Tampa's really good. Bucks linebackers are, are are really good. Tampa put everything yeah. into their front seven, and 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 now they're stuck with Jameis Winston eating and eating W's. <laughs> but at least your front seven's looking good. Three and thirteen. <laughs> um, let's talk about some other guys that are, are obviously worth noting uh there's Taysom Hill uh, obviously uh all eyes on him not only because he really is like a Swiss army knife out there playing so many positions you don't see that happen often with third string quarterbacks but he also is you know besides JT Barrett who really I don't know at this point if the Saints are going to end up keeping him outside of practice squad is the young backup to Drew Brees and and right now I guess you could maybe pin him uh, as somewhat of a successor, and I'm very hesitant to say that because I, I'm not sure if, if the Saints, again, are comfortable with having somebody like Taysom Hill be the quote-unquote mm. successor of Drew Brees. I don't know if that's going to happen. But Tom Savage is the only other quarterback on on, on roster that, that we know is pro- most likely going to be making the 53-man roster. So uh, with Hill being the youngest, we've had eyes on him since he came to the team last year when he got cut by Green Bay. It's been very interesting, but he's been making a lot of plays – 
in camp on special teams. His throwing, uh, you know, is, is what to be expected. Kind of shaky. He's thrown some picks, but better. he's a young guy. But, of course, yeah, he's, he's, he's been better. Of course, you're going to see him, you know, not be totally perfect in, in, in training camp practice, but he is getting better, um, and he, he's flying all over the place. So, hat off to him. Michael Thomas has been impressing. Uh, just He's got the moves. One of the best route runners in the NFL. I'm very excited to see him uh, later on this year. Ted Ginn Jr. has been burning some people. Traquan Smith. Uh, we've seen him burning some people as well. Um, a little disappointed in how Ken Crawley has has performed so far. He has had a couple of pass breakups, but I've been seeing him get beat, as with Marshawn <laughs> Lattimore. But sometimes uh, in in those drills, um, I don't know, it, really anything can happen. But it, it's always good to see you know your your receivers beat really good um, cornerbacks, which we have in Crawley and Lattimore. So it's a blessing and a curse when you see something like that. Um, but I want to see more out of Crawley. Uh, coming up in, in the next few weeks. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I don't know if you guys have anybody else you want to talk about. Uh, if not, I'll leave you with this question, uh, whoever wants to jump on it. Give me the position group you're most comfortable with, uh, so far what you've seen in training camp and on paper, uh, versus least comfortable with. Mm. <sighs> you want me to take it first, son? <laughs> go yeah, ahead, yeah go, for right. it, go okay. for it, uh, man. Okay. Uh, man, you said uh, really quick before I answer the question, People are just excited for. Uh, I, I think it's funny. Or we have like decent uh, DBs, and they're still getting burnt. I think it's funny that too that like nobody's learned yet that it doesn't matter who you put on Camara. Um, mm. nobody can. Uh, nobody can guard him. You no, know, I, I saw one clip where um, Camara was on uh, Nate Stupar, and all you see is Stupar in the background trying to keep up with uh, Camara. He's just gone. It's okay. super funny. But um, position group most comfortable with. Oh, that's tough. Because there's like a lot of position groups I'm really uh, good with. I okay, let me answer the other one first. Least comfortable with. I, I still like haven't heard many good things about it. Backup offensive lineman doesn't matter what position. Still not comfortable with it. But the position group I'm most comfortable with. I probably have to go with the DEs right now. Mm-hmm. Alex Okafor coming back from injury. He, he he sounds like he's doing some work. Sounds like I, I've only heard good things so far. Um, yeah. Davenport's been making some plays. I'm I'm really enjoying that. And even Trey Hendrickson. You know, the guy nobody really expected to go very far with this team, uh, from what I've heard, uh, is actually doing some good things, too. So, I go with that. I do like but, our defense. Uh, how about you guys? I, I, I'm glad you brought up Okafor, because I'm very impressed by how quickly he's been able to bounce back from that Achilles Me too. Because a lot of guys, especially his age, really aren't going to be able to uh, play first couple weeks of the next NFL season, especially because he tore it so late in, in our season. Or I shouldn't say so late, about about middle of the, of the season. Um, but still, a lot of guys will miss first couple of games of the following NFL season and he's already back here in training camp so props to him man for impressing out here in tra- in training camp for sure what do you think yeah Charles? I mean he, he's I don't know I, I, I hope he comes back man I mean that yeah, would be that'd be awesome I mean, especially if he comes back playing at the level he was playing at when he was hurt I mean he was very important for us yeah yeah I mean I do exactly. I do feel more comfortable with the depth that we have at defensive end that we've had in the past um I know it's so unfair to put a lot of pressure on Marcus Davenport, but man, <laughs> it's yeah, like, you you, yeah, you invest that. Like, I get it. He's raw. He's from a smaller school. You know, he wasn't going up against, you know, Big Ten tackles or SEC tackles. But, I mean, he's got to he's gotta contribute. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't need to come out with double-digit sacks and, 
nine force fumble like he doesn't need to go nuts but he's he's got to contribute in in the, everything i've heard um from you know what the coaches say and what what people who are down there watching him they you can tell that he's he's extremely raw but he's getting better and he's very smart with all those things those are all encouraging things but as far as like the position group that i feel the most comfortable with uh for with depth, this is gonna sound weird, but it's probably the defensive backs. Mm. Um, yeah. I think our That's starting, it. like our starting lineup of defensive backs, and that really includes P. Rob at nickel, and it includes both Von Bell and Kurt Coleman at strong safety. Like I, I feel really good about that. And then you know, I think we have okay depth back there. I think P.J. Williams is flexible enough where he can play inside and out. Um, you know, three starting safeties. More. Chris Banjo is a good contributor on um, on special teams, and then when he did have to play last year, he was solid. Um, same thing with Arthur Mollett. I think he's he's solid. You know, coming in if he needs to, he's really good on special teams. Um, and the position, okay, I'm gonna take this a different angle. The position that I feel least comfortable with is quarterback. <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't blame you. I do not I mean, blame I love you. Breeze, you know, but like I. For this is the first time, God, like <laughs> as long as I can remember being a Saints fan when I was a little, yeah, okay, maybe I even think our backup quarterback situation is worse than when Jeff Blake was our starter. Like, who is our backup quarterback? Right? Is it I'm Savage? Like, I think that's what they're planning. Yeah, and then and, and that's only not a because good he's, he's got more professional snaps, but like. I just feel absolutely horrible about this situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have it. I have this seeking suspicion that I'm gonna, you know, make a lot of people sad. But I don't think Taysom Hill is starting NFL quarterback. I just don't. I just don't think he is. I don't know if he's gonna develop into that. He's he's gonna be. Uh, he'll be 28 in less than less than a month. You know, it's yeah. not like he's a 23 year old young cat who can yeah. work behind Drew Brees for a few years now. I mean, he's you know he's. He'll be thirty before he knows it. So, yeah. like, I don't know. I really, I don't feel good about it. And then what I even do like, tweeted today, like, wait a minute, who's our holder? Like, who's our I, holder? I saw your tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, saw, I was wondering Thomas the same Morrison, thing. Maybe? That's that's a big deal. I mean, like, the holder is such an important position, and that that kind of gets overlooked. And it's actually, you know, Brian, Brian, uh, Bienemy, he he texted me back or he tweeted me back right away and said it was. It was Taysom Hill. I'm like, well, of course it was. I mean, the guy's like a, mm. you know, jack of all trades kind of guy. That'll that'll be a good contributor. But yeah, man, backup quarterback completely freaks me out. Yeah, yeah. I, I do not blame you there. You know, and and I mean, we saw last year what happened with the Packers when Aaron Rodgers went down. When your franchise quarterback goes down and you're not prepared, and you got to hand it off to it's a young bad. guy who you you really weren't expecting to take over the reins of your franchise at all, especially not this early. Yeah, right. it's 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 bad. It, it 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 doesn't it doesn't bode well at all for uh for the team. So hopefully Drew Brees is continues his streak of staying healthy. Um <laughs> yep. and 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 the Saints are are going to be okay. I'm with you though. I'm I'm least comfortable about our quarterback situation right now. Yeah, me too. You know, hopefully it gets better. Hopefully we find somebody. Well, with that being said, guys, you know, like we said, it's early. You know, things are just kicking around. But that doesn't mean we can't give uh, early predictions on what we think is going to be going on. We've been hearing a lot about, you know, uh, what's been going on at training camp, the preseason stuff, as Saints get ready to face a few preseason teams before the regular season kicks off. But let's leave it open to you guys, whoever wants to take it, you know. 
what's our uh, what's our predictions now? Like, how do we think the Saints are going to do? You know, and uh, I'll leave the floor open to you guys. What do you guys think? Well, like, what are our predictions? I'll just say this. Uh, it just it's it's unfortunate, but at the same time, it, it it's good because I I love that we're always tested, so that when we do have whatever record we have, it's justified because we're in such a tough uh, division. Uh, and and obviously with with uh, James Winston going down uh, for the first three games, and and that's one half of the games we're going to be playing the Buccaneers in there. It's going to be easier for us to get uh, a, a good start to a uh, a good division record, but. We're in such a tough division, so you know six games out of the year uh, really aren't going to be a cakewalk, and they're the six most important games that we're playing uh, each season. So, uh, but uh, again, at the same time, like I said, it's good to see because I, I want us to to prove that hey, we came out of one of the toughest divisions in the league, if not the toughest, with this record, with this, and if we end up having a bad record, it's hey, we I know that we were uh, you know tested and we were going up against actual good teams. We're not like. And, and Charlie, I'm going to refer to your tweet earlier today. I wish we had six gimmies every year like the Patriots do over in the, in yeah, the AFC East. That, yeah, I uh, thought and, and so that's just not how it is for, for the Saints. So uh, no no excuses either way, but it is a blessing and a curse to be in such a tough division. So uh, with all that being said, I do think if I'm going off what I've been seeing in camp, what I'm seeing on paper, when I'm looking at the schedule, I think we have a really good chance of going 12-4. and four. Uh, 11 and 5 is probably going to be more so where I think we'll end up finishing, uh, similar to, to how we did last year. But 12 and 4, uh, and and really the only four losses I could see, I, I I should say five. The only five losses I could see us taking, possibly the Steelers late late in the year. Um, I could see us dropping one against the Falcons. Um, the Eagles are are, are going to be a really tough game. Uh, as with the Rams and the Vikings, those are going to be tough. But I have a feeling we'll at least win one of those three games, if not two. Um, and then we, we, we could get shocked by a team like, I don't know, may, maybe the Redskins could sneak in week five and beat us. Maybe the Ravens are, are just top notch and, uh, the Drew Brees curse against that team. Can't just beat them. Um, it happens again, but 11 and five, 12 and four could absolutely see the saints, uh, going that way, especially with how good our rotations are, especially with how good our bill of health has been so far this early if that continues on, we're going to have a pretty good squad as opposed to having so many guys on IR like we did uh, last year. So, yeah, 11-5, 12-4. Obviously, I think that that's like the average of what Saints fans are saying right now. But that's what I'm going with because uh, um, we're in a tougher division, so we can't really mark any of our division games as as easy wins. So what do you, what do yeah. you think, Charlie? Yeah, I think I think 11-5 <clears throat> is where we'll be, and it'll be a different kind of 11-5. and five. Mm. Then last year, I mean, last year we came out of gates looking like, you know, the usual, um, not so strong. Everyone's ready to blow it up. I mean, I was ready to blow. And then we ripped off eight in a row and then, you know, went around 500 going into the playoffs. I think it'll be a little bit different. I think we probably get a fast start this season. First first part of the, of the schedule is not too bad. It's that, you know, we get that, that second – in third quarter of the season are really brutal. And the Saints, um, you know, the writer for the Saints at ESPN, Mike Triplett, um, he said this a few seasons ago in one of his season prediction articles, and, like, it stuck with me for a while because it's so true in that this uh, era of the Saints under Drew Brees and Sean Payton, every season they always uh, win some games that they probably should have lost yeah. a, a game or two or more, and then they'll lose some games where they probably should have won. And exactly. last year we really had two of those games that we should have won. We should have beaten the Falcons 
on Thursday night when we had what four interceptions or whatever, and yeah. Yeah. a couple of them were in the red zone. I mean, that those are kind of games you don't lose. And then we definitely should have beat the Bucks the last the last week of the season. So I mean, it's really crazy. You know, we went. It's just insane. We go eleven and five, just as easily could have gone thirteen and three. Oh yeah. And um, yeah. But then also just as easily could have probably gone like nine and seven. You know what I mean? Like right. crazy. We should have beat the Redskins. Football is an am- it's really an amazing sport. Yeah, like the Redskins game. We had you know right. We the Redskins should have won that game, but right. he, you know, Kirk Cousins did what Kirk Cousins does, and he choked when he wasn't supposed to choke. And no, uh, he does that you know, that's why this year. Yeah, yeah right. that's why the Redskins <laughs> didn't pay him. You know, because he choked. You know, he's got intentional grounding penalties. He should, shouldn't be <laughs> taking. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking eleven and five. It's going to be a dog fight. Uh, in the NFC South, but really the NFC itself is going to be a dogfight. I mean, there's yeah. what at least six Super Bowl teams in the mm-hmm. NFC, right? Yeah. And and just about every I know this is said before, probably on this podcast even, but I, I love to reiterate it because pretty much every single team in the NFC has a f- some uh, franchise, and I say that loosely, but at the very least, uh, above average starting quarterback. Uh, pretty much every single team in the NFC does. Um, including the Saints division, the NFC South is probably the most notable out of all of them uh, because for the past few years, all four teams have had their franchise quarterback. Uh, Jameis Winston obviously is on the fence now with his suspension, his poor plays, inconsistency, all that, but it seems like they're still going to be committed to him, still young and everything. But, I mean, that just speaks volume, again, like I was saying, how tough it is uh, for the Saints. For sure. What are you thinking, Tyler? Like, you know, uh, it's funny what Charlie said, you know, one thing that stuck with him, uh, one thing that's always stuck with me, you know, ever since I've watched the Saints, they're a great team when they play great teams. Like, they play their absolute best nine times out of ten when a good team comes to the Dome or they have to go somewhere, you know? It seems like every time, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times uh, it's come down to it, and they've they've been ready, you know, to play the tough teams. And the reason why I say that is because if it was any season, the Saints had to be the best. It would be this season. They're coming off a year that a lot of people thought that by rights they probably should have had a, a losing record. You know, they've gone seven and nine so many times in the past. Uh, this uh, this year, you know, they turned things around to a point where. You know, the rookies help them a ton. You know, they get better. Everybody's telling them again, you know, where they think, oh, that was just a fluke here. Uh, they're going to regress, you know. Well, I think this year I could easily see 11-5. and five. It honestly wouldn't surprise me if we go 11-5 and five or better. I think it would surprise me if they went 10-6 and, six and or worse, you know, considering how many good teams there are and how well we're going to take each and every one of them, you know. And well, look at, for example, that we play the Bucks tough every time we see them. The Falcons are a great team, but we we know them. The Panthers are a great team. Guess who beat them three times last year? Us. You know. So I think like it's not gonna be easy, but I think I could easily see us dominating, w- losing a few games, but still overall like being the cream of the crop of the NFC. You know, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see us, you know, win the NFC South again, and hopefully have like a third or fourth seed. That's what I'm expecting, mm-hmm. but. You know, with that being said, though, uh, I actually want to change this a bit. Uh, instead of what you wrote, they, and I actually want to change it into a two-sided question. So, originally we had, like, uh, in general, guys, who do you think is the dark horse MVP for the New Orleans Saints this year, whether that be an offense and defense? And then, of all the rookies right now, of all the players joining the Saints, which one do you think will have the biggest impact for the team going forward this season? So, we've got two questions there. Let's start with you, Charlie. I want to know what you think. 
about both Dark of those. Horse so. MVP. Okay, so yeah, anybody I'll, on the team. I'll exclude Drew Brees. Um, okay. Yeah. Just for conversation's sake, but uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Demario Davis. Yeah, I think really? he'll be the uh, the missing piece at linebacker that that yeah that we haven't had since Jonathan Vilma. I'm not saying he's Jonathan Vilma or he'll ever be Jonathan Vilma, but Maybe as not. far as that that all around Mike linebacker that can play quarterback that you know on the, the defense and can make a lot of plays, I think Demario Davis is you know. Obviously, health health permitting is probably our dark our dark horse. That's that's who I think. That's my hunch. Mm-hmm. And then you said the rookie any with rookie. the, any the rookie biggest with, impact, the biggest impact. Well, it might have it might out of necessity have to be Boston Scott because mm-hmm. of Mark Ingram uh, being out the first month. Someone someone else is going to have to step in. I don't know if it's going to be one of these vets that we've signed. I don't know if it's going to be. Um, you know, you know, I, they're not. I know they're not going to overdo Alvin Kamara just because you know we need him to be healthy going into the playoffs. So it's going to have to be somebody, and I think out of necessity, it, it, it'll it could be Boston Scott. I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Since uh, okay, Ingram's going to be out for the first four, and he has been looking good in uh, in training camp so far. Um, for Dark Horse MVP for me, I'm going to mention a guy we haven't talked about yet, um, and that's Cam Meredith. Uh, hey, there you go. A lot of the reason why I, I'm really liking this guy is because it, looking back at film from the past couple years from the Saints, how important, and obviously he kind of fell off last year with them, but how important Willie Sneed was out of the slot for this team uh, in crucial moments in the game. I and mean, we saw it last year. I believe that was against the, wasn't it against the Panthers in the playoffs when he had that like 20-yard catch to see yep. the game for us? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was it. It was either the Panthers or the Falcons when we ended up beating them, but I'm pretty sure it was the uh Panthers game in the playoffs, but I think Meredith is, is going to end up being the very important slot guy, utility receiver that the Saints need for Drew Brees. Almost like a, and Kamara's going to be a safety blanket, Ingram's going to be a safety blanket out of the backfield, but other than that, if those guys are covered, I think Cam Meredith was with his shiftiness, his his agility, uh, he, he's really good at running routes as well. I think that he's, he's going to play a really important piece for the Saints team. Could rack up quite a few hundred yards as well for this team if, if the ball is going his way uh, as often as the Saints are hoping it will be. So um, give me Cam mm-hmm. Meredith as my Dark Horse MVP. For for the rookie who who might have the biggest impact, I'm I'm going to go away from, I guess, the obvious answers in, in, in Davenport uh, because I, I do think that he's going to have a pretty important impact. But due to the up-and-down health luck we've had with the offensive line, I'm going to go with uh, a, a lot of guys' favorite because he's from LSU, Will Clapp. Ooh, I, there you go. He was practicing with the second team this this uh, today, actually. Uh, alongside Josh Liberius, uh, I heard, uh, according to Nick Underhill. Uh, or, sorry, that was actually Mike Triplett who tweeted that out, uh, talking about Cameron Tom being at left guard with the second team. Uh, or, yeah, 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 Will Clapp, sorry. Um, and he was a seventh-round pick for us out of LSU, fell way down. A lot of people thought he could go in the third round, fourth round even. So um, I'd be really interested to see if he does end up having to fill in for some guys. Uh, I, I think that he could have a, a really big impact for us because – there won't be a whole lot of pressure on him. He'll understand um, that, you know, the Saints aren't relying heavily on him. And even with pressure from the great young offensive linemen we've seen, uh, like Andrus Pete and Ryan Ramchek, they've been able to take the reins. So I wouldn't be surprised if Will Clapp could, could do the same for us if needed. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, it's funny for me. You know, when I look at these two questions, you know, Dark Horse MVP, it's sort of, 
it's sort of uh, tough because, like, uh, you know, there are obvious names, but there are names you think, you know, that can obviously make a good impact for the team. I guess if if it was me, it would have to be two guys. I think, obviously, one, Revenge Tour, uh, Marcus Williams, you know. For one, uh, none of us even mentioned it this episode, even though I think we have other times. The dude's Jack now. Like, if you haven't seen him before, look at him now because, like, he, he looks like a mini Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, the dude's jacked. Like, and it's ridiculous. Like, I wish I had his body because the ladies would be all over me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's just crazy, man. And, like, you know, just everything he posts, you know, he's so noble. He's like, getting back into it, you know, and it's like just everything we talked about. He's a beast, and it honestly wouldn't surprise me to see him get uh, over five interceptions uh, this year and make the Pro Bowl. And the other guy would probably still have to be on defense. I would say uh, Sheldon Rankins, you know, a guy that gets double teamed, a guy that, you know, is underrated, but still a dude that's a freak, that's a monster, that gets things done when you need to get done, that, you know, is an absolute beast, you know. He, he's always creating pressure. Uh, run stuffing, you know, he's a great guy. You know, I think he's going to be really vital this year, especially when you have other pieces coming together, like the other pieces of the defensive line, Marcus Davenport hopefully get in there. You know, I feel like, and we, I could be wrong, but I just feel like I have a, a strong feeling from all the uh, pressure we're getting from the defensive ends this year, something's going to go Sheldon Rankin's way, and he's going to get a lot more sacks this year. Or at least that's, that's just what I'm hoping. And uh, the rookie is going to step up big time. I'm surprised you guys didn't actually mention uh, Traquan Smith. You know, like yeah. he's been pressing so much. Uh, honestly, I thought he would almost be the uh, unanimous uh, vote there. But I'm going to say, I, I don't know if he's actually going to have this impact. But just for what I'm hoping, maybe we use him like. I would almost love to see him almost like a mini Camara, uh, Boston Scott. You know, like. Think about it. Like, obviously, everybody's going to be used to Kamara now. But what if, if anything, of him getting more touches? What if he gave him less? Think about it for a second. And threw Boston Scott in there. You know, someone who's a bit smaller, actually sort of like a Darren Sproles, a little bit more, who's quicker than Kamara, who can literally shoot through gaps and explode and just be gone in seconds. You know, I've seen it from the videos already. He, he has a capability. Like, he has the ability to blow past defenders. And I would just love to see him like that, you know, especially not even in the run game, maybe just catching passes too, maybe like a Reggie Bush, anything like that. I, I'd be very happy for that. But while we're on the topic of running backs too, we've got one more quick question for you guys. So most notably of all the running backs we have right now, you know, with Ingram, Ingram suspension, you know, somebody's probably going to be taking some more snaps. Shane Vereen, uh, former Giant, I believe the former Patriot, you know, is most notably the biggest name right now, besides Kamara and Ingram, on the Saints right now for running backs go. Do you guys think he beats out some other running back and uh, stays on the roster? Uh, I'll leave you guys with that. That's our closing uh, question. Let's start with you, Dan. What do you think about that? I mean, I think the only guy he'd be able to beat out, uh, I, I, well, I mean, I, he could impress more than, than Boston Scott, but the team's going to keep Boston Scott regardless, and I think he's been Hopefully. impressing enough anyway. I think the only other guy they could you know, uh, favor him over is a guy I don't think I haven't heard at least anything out of him from from camp is Trey Edmonds. Um, obviously, yeah, me too. I, I you know you you have Jonathan Williams and uh, Daniel Lasco as well there uh, in the backfield. He was waived. And oh, right, you're right. My bad, Daniel Lasco yeah, was waived. It's all good. Um, so re- really, you don't have uh, uh, too many other options to choose from besides Scott Vereen, Williams, and Edmonds now. Uh, and I I mean that's still four guys you're gonna have to choose from, but. 
Um, Edmonds has obviously been on the roster for the past few years now with the Saints, so they might end up going with him, but they signed Vereen for a reason. Um, it could end up being where they end up keeping all of those guys, and by all of those guys, I mean both Vereen and Edmonds, along with Kamara, Scott, and Ingram. Have five running backs. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints ended up doing that. Um, have a little bit more special teams health and some insurance for when Ingram is out, just in case you also have some injuries later on in the year. You have that veteran in Vereen who can step up, help out some of the younger guys. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they um, ended up keeping five, but the only other guy I think that he could be able to mm-hmm. beat out is Trey Edmonds. So uh, that's my two cents on it, at least. There we go. What about you, Charlie? Um, Yeah, I think – I don't think Shane Vereen gonna, is going to make their team. I don't – because – like his skill set is more that of a third down back. Like he's not really a runner. He's a third down back that can pass protect and catch the ball out of the backfield. Well, we know what we have in Alvin Kamara doing that. We know what we have in uh, Mark Ingram doing that. And then mm-hmm. it seems like that's probably going to be Boston Scott's best um, s- s- strong suit as well is is catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, you know, we, we really haven't been able to see these guys run. That's why I can't wait. Um, you know, until until preseason to really see these guys run in a game situation, because in practice they can't even tackle. You know, it's a hit and wrap kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, I just don't see. I don't think Shane Vereen's going to start. I think or is going to make the team. I think he's kind of there as a guy that we'll get familiar with. And we do this every summer where we bring guys in, and they're kind of on a you know a short list. And God forbid there's an injury, uh, they're like the first people we call. I think. That might be what's going on with Shane Vereen. Shane Vereen's a smart guy, you know. He's won more, I think, more than one Super Bowl. He, he's he's a contributor, and and uh, but I just don't I just don't see him being in the mix. As far yeah. as Edmonds, they've they've worked him out at fullback, um, yeah, which that. I can see because he's a big dude. I mean, you know, he's he's a big dude. <laughs> I could see him playing <laughs> playing some fullback, but. Honestly, I think the guy that might stick around a little bit is Terrence West because oh, yeah, he. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we forgot him That's too. That's right. Yeah, of those backs that we, you know, and we also have um, uh, it was Jamal Williams, where from Jonathan, from Buffalo. Jonathan Williams, I think. I'm Jonathan sure. Williams. Yeah, is that Jamal. his name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Jonathan Williams. Yeah, Somebody. Yeah, Jonathan Williams. yeah. So those two guys are guys who can run between the tackles. I think Terrence West is the most proven of those guys that that can do the you know get those carries in. And that's where Kamara's most likely going to need to be spelled. Um, you know, he had he averaged what twelve ish touches a game last last season. That's probably going to go up to maybe sixteen, maybe seventeen, mm-hmm. depending on the kind of game we're in. And you know, if you're going to spell Kamara, I mean, if I'm going to spell Kamara, it's probably going to be on carries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, know, you want to utilize his mismatching abilities as much as possible on. Oh, you know, in the screen game and then coming out of the backfield versus a linebacker or a safety, you want to be able to utilize it. So if I'm going to spell him, it's going to be on running plays. I think the back that we have, not named Ingram, that mm-hmm. can do the best job at that would be Terrence West. I think Terrence West stays on. Totally forgot about him. Yeah, we, we, we recently signed Terrence West from the Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, that'd be interesting. to. But I don't know, man. I, I, it's so yeah, weird it's we crazy. haven't heard anything out of uh, Trey Edmonds, regarding Trey Edmonds so far, uh, this, this training camp, unless he's uh, – He's got. He's dinged up. Maybe I know he's not on the pup or anything like that. So I'm not sure. Um, but he's just yeah. kind of. He's kind of getting. What's happening to him is he's kind of getting lost in a crowded backfield. We yeah. we have more depth at that position right now at, at this moment than we did last year, and yep. 
Daniel Asco was here, but he was more of a special teams guy. Edmonds became a special teams guy, and I think he's just kind of getting lost in the 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 depth of the running back position right now, and that's why they're working him out at fullback to see if he can mm. if he can do that. Um, I don't think we need him at fullback. I think we have two good fullbacks as it is. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm rooting for him. You know, he's a local guy from here, but as is Terrence West, he went to Towson, which is not too far from here. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. Group for him too. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. One position group we forgot to mention too. Uh, tight ends. Not a, yeah. not, a whole, not a whole lot coming out of there. Obviously, it's the post Kobe Fleener uh, <laughs> era for the Saints. I, I guess you could say. Uh, but yeah, not not a whole lot of there. Obviously, there are quite a few tight ends that we're gonna have to be evaluating, um, including a couple of rookies. But um, yeah, not a whole lot out of them. But that's to be expected when you know Josh Hill. As your really expected starter, so mm, sure. I think right now it's well, it's gonna ben be Watson. Ben. Yeah, I think yeah. Ben will be the oh, guy. So? Okay. Praying for the old guy. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean he can he can he can still do it. I think Ben yeah, will be yeah. the he'll be the top so far, tight though. end guy. And I think that I really I'm interested to see, especially when preseason starts, how that battle between the two young guys, um, yeah, Yelder and, uh, yeah. and Dan Arnold. I really yeah. want to see that because Yelder's a, a tight end man. He can I like block. Yelder. Yeah, um, Nick Arnold is impressing more at the moment, though. Just Nick Underhill at the Advocate is falling into a love fest with Dan Arnold. Yeah, so yeah, um, well, he can't he can't block worth a lick. Um, <laughs> and if you're not if you're not Jimmy Graham, then right. you're gonna have to figure out a way to at least be serviceable in the blocking game. For sure, I, I do like Dion Yeller. He's like six foot seven, just a massive human being. Big dude. dude, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, we're not, we're not gonna have a whole lot of luck with uh, with blocking tight ends this year. I don't think, but it is good to have. You're right, it, uh, Benjamin Watson being there. He's he's one of the better blocker blocking tight ends uh, we have in the league, especially at his age. So fortunate to have him back. I'm excited to see. Um, I might make a bet with you then, Charlie, as to see if, if it's gonna be Josh Hill or Ben Watson because I, I I got a It'll feeling I got, I got I got a feeling it's gonna be Josh Hill. But, you know, oh yeah, Ooh. Josh is a really good blocking tight end as well as who man. Those basketball. guys are great, great. You know, yeah, our second yeah. and third tight ends, Josh and who man, are great blocking tight ends. Yeah, and one of those two guys is going to make the roster. I think I don't know oh. if both of them will, or both of them will. And who man will be the youngest back. dude will get get tucked on the practice squad, and then the other maybe young guy maybe maybe won't make it. But yeah. I mean, we run the ball so well, and Who Man and Josh Hill were such big parts of that. Like, yeah. okay, go back to those 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 crazy runs against. Okay, the two the touchdown run and the two point conversion mm. of Camara versus the Skins. Yeah, Josh Hill was out on the out on the outside blocking that. The crazy run that he had against uh, the Patriot or the um, the Panthers where. He got he got he got destroyed and then springboarded his way and mm-hmm. it, like when it's mm-hmm. it's those tight ends that are out on the edge blocking and yeah. Brandon Coleman. I was those about guys to say for sure. Yes, you'll say he's a big help. Coleman was the other uh, yeah yeah a really important uh, piece there that was that was blocking last year. I'm glad we got to retain him too. Again, uh, uh, Coleman back, Watson back after a couple of years in Baltimore and Josh Hill. Yeah, those that's some pretty good blocking. Very important uh, pieces that kind of go um, I guess not noticed a lot of the times by uh, by Saints fans because, you know, you're watching Kamara and, and Ingram and, and Breeze make the flashy plays, but a lot going on uh, behind the scenes. So uh, thank you for bringing that up, Charlie. Anything else you guys want to talk about for training camp before we wrap this up? I just Nothing This is kind of random. I just wish that rosters were bigger, man. Me like, too. 53-man roster, but you can only dress, what, 46 or whatever on mm-hmm. game day. It's like 
Yeah, you have to have I seven inactives, I, yeah. Yeah, I just wish that the rosters were bigger because... Me too. You know, like, I don't know. There's there's a lot more talent out there that's just... that gets They, they slip through the cracks and they don't get the opportunity, you know, to play that you really would like them to play. And hopefully this... Um, this uh, special teams rule? Well, ho- what I was going to say is hopefully this new, um, almost like a developmental league that they're coming out, what's called like the American Alliance Football League, the yeah. AFL. Yeah. Hopefully that will be a good safety net for when these guys do slip and fall through the cracks. They get caught by that league, you know, and yeah. can and maybe be able to come back up. I don't know. It's That'd just, be nice. It's a it's around this time of year when you're so excited about all these guys <laughs> and you mm-hmm. know that the same you know we got 90 guys out there yeah. playing right now and you're going to have to cut a whole crap load of them and and that's just tough. I mean I'm not saying raise the game day roster at 97 but raise That'd it to cool. 53 There you go. I yeah. like that. And yeah, if the AAFL was around when I uh was trying out for the uh, you know NFL, maybe I'd have a spot on a, on a professional football team but i join um, you too dan yeah would you uncle rico <laughs> uncle rico i can i could throw this ball over the mountain boy back in high school um yeah anything else you want to say tyler about training camp before we uh hop off this uh great podcast episode uh nothing much uh, we're glad to be back we're yes. glad to be bringing you guys some saints news and info and we're giddy uh for uh, when the saints starts so we're looking forward to it yeah, very excited. So, uh, obviously, training camp is far from over, though, so we're going to be having updates every single week yeah, for you guys. For sure. Be sure uh, either one or two episodes going to be releasing uh, every single week now until pretty much February, until the Saints season is done and even a little bit after that. So a lot of Saints content coming your way. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and be sure to rate us on iTunes as well. If you enjoy what you listen, give us five <laughs> stars. Uh, really goes hey. a long way, really helps us out. Um, and obviously be sure to subscribe there as well. Um, Charlie, uh, appreciate you coming on the show again. We're going to have you on soon, um, very, very soon, obviously, a few more times before the season kicks off. Um, plug away anything you'd like. I know a lot of people already know where you're at, but for the new <laughs> listeners, go ahead and plug away whatever you'd like. Yeah, just on. I'm only on Twitter, really, at St. Charlie. Um, and in about a month or so, I'll start driving your timeline. It's nuts on Sundays. Woo! Hey, looking forward to it. Best time of the year. Yeah, this is when uh, you know all the the uh, everyone is an expert, you know, and and opinions are strong, and there's a lot of mudslinging and firing. Around. Like this is when it all happens right now, and it's like the it's the best time of the year before for the sure. football season. I love it. All right, Tyler. I know you've yep. been waiting for weeks to do this. <laughs> oh, I'm a little rusty, but let's do it anyway, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. So thanks so much for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Who That Dish podcast. Make sure leave a like, all that good stuff. Tell your friends. If you've got other Saints fans that haven't heard about us, let them know. Because we like communicating with everybody. And here's how to find us. So, uh, first of all, Who That Dish. You know, find them on Facebook, the Internet. Just Google Who That Dish. You'll find them there. Um, let's see here. So, Who That Dish podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the WDD podcast. We actually just got a brand new banner of a guy I commissioned, and it's really awesome. So check that out, too, when you're checking out the profile. Um, let's see. You can follow our Twitter accounts. Uh, Dayton is at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Mine is at Raymond Tyler M. And you can also find us on Spreaker and iTunes. So we appreciate you guys you know, supporting us and what we do. This is why we do it, to give you guys all those awesome Saints fans some content, some good things to listen to. So More, more polls and updates going to be dropping on our Twitter here soon, so be sure to follow yes. us. 
so that we can provide more content that also features you guys uh, in upcoming episodes. And we're really looking forward to uh, the season heating up and us getting into some real action. So, again, we'll talk to you guys uh, next week. There should be another episode up already where Tyler and I talk about some, I guess, lists that uh, should have won a different way. Uh, You'll have to tune in the episode to find out more about that. Um, But (laughs) we'll talk to you guys next week. If not, we'll talk to you guys on Twitter when you add us, asking us any questions or any comments that you have. sure. Please interact with us. Uh, We love talking to you guys. So, again, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the Who Dat Dish podcast. That's part of Fansided and WhoDatDish.com. Talk to you guys next week. And as always, Who Dat? Who Dat?